If you love what you're listening to here, you are going to love our 21 day magical self care challenge. This is more than just a challenge. It is a community and it includes our magical self care course and two PDF books, the magical self care book and the born magic book both bestsellers on their release date on Amazon, and we can't wait to get them into your hands. Join us for the 21-Day Magical Self-Care Challenge. And by the end of the class, you are going to have some new magical tools in your tool belt, and you are also going to feel supported, and you're going to have the steps to easily and efficiently bring self-care into your life as the foundation of your life so you don't have to seek it out every day because your whole life will be built on magical self-care. Check out the link to join us in the 21-day challenge and we can't wait to see you in there. Embracing Imbach. Is it Imbach or Imbach? I've always pronounced it Imbach, but I've heard a lot of people call it Imbach too. And anyway... (laughs) embracing Imbolc. That is what we're talking about here today. Imbolc is a, it's also called Candlemas. Um, You might hear it called that. It's a festival marking the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So it's one of our eight Sabbaths on the wheel of the year. And it's a beautiful time of awakening, renewal, light as the earth slowly begins to awaken and stir from its winter slumber. It's an ideal moment for us to focus on how we want to feel in 2024. Here you'll find practical tips today on this podcast episode. I'm going to share with you practical tips on celebrating Imbach and also diving a little deeper into what it means that this is the ideal time to be setting intentions because I feel like I've said that a lot about like all times being ideal to set intentions. So let's dive in a little bit further. If the word witch makes you feel full of power and excitement, if you love personal development but loathe boring love and light conversation, If a sexy combo of witchery and inner work piques your interest, you're in the right place. Welcome home, Magic Maker, and welcome to Expedition to Soul, the podcast brought to you by the Sisters Enchanted. Welcome to today's podcast episode. We're talking about Imbach, and I'm sorry if that way I'm pronouncing that's bothering you, (laughs) but this is the midpoint between the winter solstice and the first day of spring, spring equinox. Uh, there is an astronomical date to this. We typically celebrate it on or around February 1st or 2nd. Technically, we would look at the exact date of the solstice, which does vary by one day year to year, and the exact day of the spring equinox, which also varies one day year to year. Typically, though, we're looking at around December 21st for the solstice, and then March 21st for the spring equinox, so the first day of spring, and then February 1st-ish being right there in the middle. And when I say that this is an ideal time to set intentions, because we also said that at Yule and we say that with every new moon, when we think about seasons and rhythm, rhythm doesn't just happen in a vacuum, right? Even think of music. You don't hear one note or one hand clap and think that's a rhythm. No, there is a repetitive pattern. It's expected. It is predictable at some point in time. And there is a rhythm to the seasons around us. And there is a rhythm to the lunar cycles. And every element of those rhythms lasts for more than one beat, more than one 
day, right? So again, like music, there are different elements that create the rhythm. It's not just one hand clap, not just one music note. And it's the same with the seasons. So the period of time between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, that is a, about a three-month period. That's a 12-week, 13-week-ish period of time. This whole extended time is where we are setting our intention for the year ahead, which is why New Year's resolutions are so cruddy and tend to not work for people because we are just like, what is my biggest problem today and how do I fix that one problem? And if you are a person who is deeply feeling, if you are a highly sensitive person, if you have been any through any trials and tribulations in life, you know that if it was as easy as just fixing one problem, then life wouldn't feel so hard often. And this is where we turn to rhythm because with the winter solstice, we might start to consider what is my intention for the year ahead? How do I want to feel? What does that look like then to feel that way? What will that look like in the end? And those are more of the goal pieces. So how do I want to feel? What are those goals? And we have that winter solstice energy for about six weeks up until around February 1st when we have Imbach. And this is the time where we really are starting to now let how we want to feel and how that's going to look, the actions we're going to take to bring that feeling into life. This is where we light the fire to it. This is where we start to say the days are starting to get a little bit longer again, depending where you live in the world, you might start in February, start to see some signs of winter um, going away and spring coming forward. And here is where we'd say, okay, this is it. This is how I want to feel. These are the actions I'm going to take. And we sort of uh, marinate on them for lack of a better word. We send it out to the universe and we really we really declare that thing for us. So we've had these six weeks of kind of muddling around with it. What's it feel like? What's it look like to feel that way? And now is the time where we say, this is it. And we're casting that vision out into the world. And that is what makes this this beautiful time to really have that declaration around how you want to feel for the rest of the year ahead uh, and what it's going to look like to feel that way. So as I said, Imbach is traditionally celebrated around February 1st. It is does have Celtic roots, though like most things with Celtic history, depending on what historical or what scholar you were to read from or different anthropologists and historians, um, you know, there's disagreement across the board over what it actually meant or what was done, what was celebrated. It is definitely a, a more modern construct, though, that we would kind of celebrate this as a time in the seasonal wheel. Um, Candlemas does have roots in um, Christianity as well as something that's celebrated this time of year. And you might hear the word Candlemas in turn for Imbach as well, even in like a pagan sort of community. Uh, it is associated with the goddess Breed, who, and her name is spelled like Brigid, B-R-I-G-I-D. Sometimes there'll be an H in there as well. I pronounce it Breed, um, who embodies healing, poetry, smithcraft. Uh, she's really this goddess of hearth and home and also hands and doing and that beautiful poetry, creative thinking. Um, she's kind of one of those all-encompassing sort of goddesses. Uh, the festival symbolizes the return of the light and early signs of spring, as I said before. So it's where we are connecting with people, we're setting intentions, and really nurturing and casting those dreams of our future endeavors out into the universe. 
When it comes to setting intentions, as I said, really, how do you want to feel for the year ahead? Write them down and maybe even incorporate them into a Imbalk altar space or sacred space in your home so that you have this dedicated area to connect with your future vision and how you want to feel. Candles and flames are a powerful symbol of Imbalk and because it's that return of the light, right? Um, well, Yule is the return of the sun. And with Imbach, the days are noticeably longer again. And we're seeing this, these first signs of spring here. So working with candle fire or flame of any kind to represent the return of this warmth, the return of growth and action. So lighting candles this time of year as a beautiful practice, we love to roll beeswax candles and even make them for the next festivals coming up as a time to celebrate this energy of their return and actually making the candles as part of the rhythm of the year. So something we would do this time of year is make candles for the rest of the year ahead. When you're making candles, if you make candles or if you're purchasing candles, consider how you want to feel and what your goals are, and then choose colors or styles of candles that you can work with to align with those intentions so that you can put them on the sacred space and spend some time connecting with that energy, meditating or journaling or, you know, just lighting it and going about your business. But with the support of that candle, that additional anchor or tether to your future vision uh, to help you visualize this inner light of yours growing stronger and brighter as we connect to the season ahead. Nature, as I said, might start to show signs of the return of spring right now, slowly awakening, getting outside, noticing those subtle changes. One of the things we have in our planner that we created, if you missed out on that, uh, you can find the link. Usually um, it's linked up on our website or in an email, our newsletter once a week, but we have a page with a phenology wheel on it. And there are 12 pieces of the wheel, pie pieces, I guess you could say. And the whole point is, is to focus on these subtle changes and to remind us of the rhythm and where we are in the rhythm. So it's a perfect time to fill in your phonology wheel with these subtle changes of nature. What's happening around you right now? What animals do you see? What is your favorite tree doing? Um, if there's a stream that you visit, what is that doing right now? really connecting with nature and that rhythm, because the natural rhythm around us is a great reminder of the natural rhythm within us that so many of us ignore on a day-to-day -day basis because of just the very nature of life that keeps us moving and not pausing and reflecting. Breed, as I said, is the goddess of Imbach or one of them. And she is associated with so many beautiful creative endeavors, as I mentioned, but being the patroness of poetry and crafts, this is a beautiful time to tap into your creative energy as well. So create, write poetry, start a craft project to journal your thoughts and feelings. Creative expression is a beautiful so form of self-care and can be incredibly transformative. In fact, creative expression, I would say we have four pillars of self-care that we teach in our magical self-care challenge and course. If you've not joined that yet, definitely check it out. We host it. Um, we're hosting it, I think like eight times in 2024. So get in there and enjoy the goodness. But this creative expression works as uh, like 
at least three of the four pillars that I can think of physical self-care because you're doing something. So you can use your hands and do something with your body, relational self-care, creative expression can help you to be a better communicator and also creating with people can help you to have better relationships with your loved ones and create moments for connection with them. And then of course, spiritual self-care creativity is spirituality. Um, so this bringing something creative into your life right now is going to check all of those boxes. The fourth pillar, if you don't know, is practical self-care. And this is where we would look at things like cleaning and working on your finances. But even that can be a beautiful creative endeavor. If you make a weekly money date with yourself to look at all of your finances and you maybe do some cross stitch along with it every Friday while you visualize your future, right? And then the cross stitch becomes this anchor and this spell and this vision that you're casting while you're also doing something practical. So you can bring this creative expression into all forms of self-care and breed is a beautiful reminder that we can do this each and every day. Same with nourishing your body. So what foods are available to you locally right now and seasonally herbal teas, because it still is cold out. If you're in a place where it gets cold in the Northern hemisphere, like I am, uh, and just nurturing and continuing to tend to your body as we head into the warm months, practicing mindfulness and gratitude. Again, all part of this rhythm practicing mindfulness and gratitude. It's something that we focus on with the gratitude piece a lot with the autumn season. And this is a great reminder that just because something is sort of a theme of a season doesn't mean we don't do it all the time. So gratitude is a theme of the autumn season. But here, as the earth is awakening again, we're certainly grateful for that and practicing gratitude for the shift in seasons, for the shift within ourselves and the opportunity to cast a new future for ourselves, to declare how we want to feel, and then to align our goals and our actions with that feeling. Of course, as I mentioned, um, creativity and connection and relational self-care have dinner to celebrate the festival, have a potluck or friends, family over, or just, you know, with yourself and your favorite pets, if that's what works for you right now. Um, but connect, connect during this time of year. So we have this duality happening with Imbach around fire and ice as well. And it's a beautiful time to really pause in this transition and notice that we are moving out of the stillness of winter and into the more fiery energy of spring and summer. And what does that look like for you to be in this place of shifting seasons? We're starting to edge out of the stillness and move into the fire. We're going to have more about that and more ideas on the blog post for this episode. So you're going to want to check that out. We'll have it linked with the podcast episode. But on the blog post for this episode, we're going to have some ideas for uh, candle ritual, fire meditation, using ice, and even some tips on creating an Imbach altar for you or a little sacred space, whatever you want to call it, whatever your comfortable terminology is around that. So you'll definitely want to check out the blog posts for more tips and ideas on celebrating this festival. It is one of the ones that kind of squeaks under the radar. But when we have, again, this rhythm of pause and reflection and also the big exhale that now it's the time we're going to commit. How do we want to feel this year? And what does it look like to feel that way? What actions are we going to take to feel that way? Um, I see all the time people set intentions, how they want to feel, what they want to be different in their life. 
But what does it actually look like to make that happen? If you want to feel healthy in your body, what does that look like? And are these things uh, steps that you have the emotional bandwidth and capacity and strength, the emotional strength to do in your life right now? And if not, how do we adjust your intention? How do you want to feel and the goals that are aligned with it and solidify all that before spring comes around? And we are ready to go like the earth is alive. We are alive. Our energy is alive. And the seasonal rhythm asks us to take action. So now's the time to be doing that sort of reflecting and um, using discernment and making shifts and changes as we work with the growing days and the shifting of seasons to tap into that rhythm of creation, conscious creation to make it happen for us. All right. Thank you for listening in to today's episode of the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed listening all about Imbach. And until next time, I hope that you have an enchanted rest of your day ahead. But wait, before we head out of today's podcast episode, we're going to break for a Ask Me Anything segment. We're adding in an ask me anything for today. And this question, actually, I got to find the whole question here. Let me pull it up. The question that we are doing today is around this question. So did you wake up like, I think the question is, did you wake up like this as a child and know something was different about you? Or did you develop this later? Did you know from a little girl or did something happen that sparked these practices in your life or this moment of being like, Hey, I'm a witch. And if so, what was that significant moment? Uh, and let's see here. There's a little bit more to this question too. Um, all right. So how did it begin? I guess is the question. I will answer that right now. <laughs> I will say that I, I grew up in a Christian household going to Sunday school. My mom still teaches Sunday school um, and youth group and all those things and going to a Christian summer camp. And I actually had a great experience across all of those endeavors. So there was never a moment for me where I was like, this is horrible. I'm being brainwashed. <laughs> like There were a few years of our life where we were particularly um, poor and we had Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas presents because of the generosity of the church that we belong to. So I was always very grateful for that community in terms of like feeling different. I will say that I don't know, call it what you will, whether it's your higher self, your inner wisdom, your intuition. I there, it was always clear to me that I had more, I don't know how to even say it's clear to me that I knew things that other people didn't know. So, and adults around me in particularly, (laughs) or in particular, um, where an example that comes to mind, I must've been, I think I was in like second grade and my mom told me, something was going to happen, like something was happening in our lives. And I remember clear as day, we had these twin beds. Anna and I shared a room, my sister, Anna, co-founder of Sisters Enchanted. She's the head of our fulfillment and um, student services and whatnot. Anna and I have always shared a bedroom and always had these twin beds. And I remember her telling me, and then I remember sitting down on the bed and it was like the whole future 
of what was going to happen unfolded in my mind and laid out in front of me and not like exact this on this date and this on this date, but it was like this, um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like this whooshing train of, I know how this is going to end and I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> and I, again, I was in second grade, so I must've been, I don't know, like seven or eight years old, probably eight ish. And uh, even before that, there were moments where I could look at people's faces and know how they were like, I mean, at like six and seven, know what they were feeling and how they were really feeling compared to what they were saying and acting like. And it's just always been that way for me. Uh, and there was a moment when I was a teenager and I got into a car accident and I was coming down a hill in the snow and ice. It was my first time driving in the snow and I, my car like started to spin out and I just heard this voice loud and clear in my brain that said, take your hands off the wheel, feet off the gas. And it's the weirdest, like who would ever do that when you're getting in a car accident? <laughs> and that's what exactly what I did though. I let go of everything and my car went off the road into these trees. We have, um, I live in Connecticut and there's old rock stone walls, like property borders all over the place. And my car landed right between two big trees and um, stopped at that rock wall. And if I had been just slightly over on either side, my car would have like, you know, hit into one of those trees and uh, gone down on the other side, there was no rock wall and would have gone down the embankment. And so I stopped at like this perfect place to crash into if you're going to crash. And uh, I was, you know, okay, a little, a little sore and worse for the wear. The car was able to be fixed and I had to crawl out the back of it. But other than that, it, it was okay. And so I think that I've always just um, been aware. I've had a, a deeper awareness than others. And my a gift, I guess, has been not ignoring it is something I've never done. Even if I haven't acted on it, I've acknowledged it and been like, mm, I know this, I know this to be true. <laughs> and so that's always been there in terms of like psychic skills, mediumship, intuition. That's always, always been there. And then the witch part, I, I don't know. I've just always been really interested in, in the witch things. I used to spend my lunch money when I was in high school, I had to walk home from school and I walked through this outlet mall and I, uh, I, they had a discount bookstore in there and I would go every week and spend like five of my lunch money dollars <laughs> on witch books. So that was just an interest that I had. And it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I even really like talked about it with anybody else. And then also, um, started to bring together the connection between this sort of wisdom that I've always held and then the witch stuff. Like before I didn't connect the dots as two things. And as I've grown, I uh, and am now, you know, not in my twenties, <laughs> I now see all of this as this beautiful melting pot of an experience that all ties together. Um, but that some people treat very separate. Like some folks are, they like love to go to a medium, but the, if you bring out tarot cards, they think it's this like evil thing. Right. Um, and I can see that because I definitely did not see all these experiences as one conglomerate of who I am until later. And then I really realized like, Oh, this all works together. And 
um, is just an expression of who I am. So to answer the specific question, there is an element of me that definitely um, just have always listened to my inner voice, I think, probably more aware of it than others around me, as evidenced by others around me. <laughs> that has always been there. And the uh, experience of sort of embracing this witch aspect, um, I just always really, really interested. I will tell you too, and then I'll stop because I'm not really answering the question, just giving my story, I guess. The When I was in going to church, and I was probably like 14, and we had this youth group meeting um, that I was part of like once a week or every other week or I don't even know, something like that. And I was at one of the meetings and our minister hosted like some of them and he was hosting this one. And he told us the story of how he came to work at the church. And it really, that was significant for me. So it's worth sharing. The, he had been a Catholic priest and I went to a congregational church with the United Church of Christ, UCC. Um, and so he definitely not Catholic, <laughs> probably as far from Catholic as you can get and still be like in a Christian mainstream church. And he was hosting it. So Catholic priest, he had stopped doing that. And then I forget like how he ended up at our church, but he was guest filling in for our minister for a period of time. So he tells the story that it the the position became a permanent position. And he was in the office considering whether or not he wanted to take it because he had been offered it. And he said this woman from the congregation, he describes her as this six foot tall, sort of hunched over a little bit with a cane. He described her hair very specifically, like pulled back very tight, gray, like what kind of outfit she was wearing, came into the office and like poked him in the chest and said, you are meant to do this. You need to be here. And then like left the office. So he went on to accept the position and when there was like a mixer, you know, to celebrate that he was going to stay with us and somebody asked him like, what, what made you decide? Because you had been on the fence and, you know, and you had this other background and he said, I was in the office after this one, um, uh, Sunday session. I don't know where they called service <laughs> after this one service. And this woman, he describes her came in, he tells the whole story. And this person looks at him and says, she died a month, like a month before that. And uh, he told us that story during our confirmation class or youth group, whatever it was. Um, and he tells us this. And in that moment, it's just, just like all this stuff that had been in my mind and I had always been thinking about. And I was like, hot damn, <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> and uh and he was so open about it and was and his message was though that messages are coming to you all the time and you only need listen to them uh, and of course i'm sure his spin on it was god speaking to you all the time you only need listen and whatever you believe in god the universe multiple gods your higher self i don't care what you believe in i do think that you are being you, whether it's your higher self, your inner wisdom you were born with, the universe, nature, the trees, I don't care what your thing is. There is something available to you. We only need to listen to it. And uh, that always stuck with me. And so that moment in time sort of really was like, ah, and opened the doors for me to 
just uh, think differently. And I'm grateful for having that experience. So there is my answer to that. Ask me anything question. Uh, was I born this way? I suppose some would say so. <laughs> uh, and also the like fundamentals of witchery and working with the seasons that just that developed over time. Uh, and it's still developing, like how I work with seasons and nature and elements now is very different than it was even eight years ago when I started the Sisters Enchanted. It's very different um, because I'm always growing and it's natural that what you do in life and how you experience life and what you believe grows along with it. And so that's a, it's not something that is stagnant or plateaus. I think that as you grow your relationship to all of this, whatever this is, grows also. And to remember that, um, you know, you are growing. It's the same for you. One of the things I hear so much from people is wanting, like, how do you exactly use this thing? How do you use this tool? How do you know when? And uh, if I could just, if there's one thing I could yell with a megaphone to people when they ask me those questions is, like, stop trying to get it right. Because that then it's no longer a practice. It's a It's a pop quiz. And that's the very thing about a practice is that it grows as you grow. It shifts as you shift. The When I look at the temperance card in tarot now, it's probably means something different to me than it did five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago because I am a different person looking at it. Yes, the root foundation, like the, the textbook meaning of it, I guess, is doesn't change. But a person wrote those meanings, like somebody wrote them, and that doesn't make them the end all be all your connection to what you see when you look at it is what's important for you right now and the people that you are giving messages to. And um, so how I would look at it today is different than everything I would say about it five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, so it is a practice that just grows as you grow. All right, then. Thanks for listening to this Ask Me Anything. We'll have another one next week. And until then, I hope you have a great day ahead. If you love the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or a review that helps us to get the word out about all we're doing here at the Sisters Enchanted. Thanks for being part of our community and we'll see you in the next episode.